Welcome back. We are back at the Congregation 5 podcast. I'm really hopeful that it will be soon that I get to say a different name when I say the name of the congregation. (laughs) (laughs) Today, I'm so thankful to have Mr. Jeremy Chandler in the house. Hey, thanks, Matt. I'm really, really excited to be here. Yeah. Jeremy, tell everybody, uh, just in case they don't know, how you were connected to Congregation 5. Yeah. So, I guess my official title is Executive Director in Residence. I started back on staff at Midtown in January as part of the residency program and specifically doing an Executive Director in Residence. So I started in January and have just been spending a lot of time with the other XDs, learning what that looks like to serve in that role. But part of that is also getting to serve as the Executive Director for Congregation 5. And so I've been able to do that during the launch team meetings in the fall. And then as things have transitioned into this coronavirus season, what I thought that looked like has definitely changed. And then we'll continue that moving forward. Yeah, man. Well, I've got to tell you, I've told you a lot, and I want to keep telling you a lot how thankful I am for you, not just Definitely as executive director, I believe I'm the only Midtown pastor that's gotten to start a plant, a congregation with an executive director. Yeah, I think that's right. And so that is a gigantic gift, but Mm -hmm. also thankful for your friendship, man. Yeah, Um, absolutely. You you and your family have been a a blessing. Will you just tell everybody just maybe a little quick bio sketch and then what you were doing for work before you came in? Yeah. So my wife, Mary, and I have been married for nine years, and we have two little girls, Eleanor, who's two and a half, and Margo, who's nine months. And we've been at Midtown for, I think, six and a half years, but I also feel like I've been saying that for like a year (laughs) and a half. So around six or seven years, um, the Lord brought us to Midtown and has really used the community and the preaching of the Word there to really like transform our lives. So before I came on staff at Midtown, I uh, worked in marketing for most of my career, most recently for a company that was based down in Dallas. And so working from home and coffee shops and things like that has been something that I thought I'd be more used to in this season of working mm-hmm. from home, but it's, it's completely different, it seems like. And so, yeah, that's kind of our story and our journey to Midtown. Well, we're going to get more into your story as we get into the passage and, and what we're here to talk about today. And what we're talking about today is that God is growing a community in this church where his people hear him speak to us both collectively, but also individually to strengthen us, to encourage us, to lead us, to love us, and to mature us. And so what we need to know and lean into in order for him to do that is we have to know and expect, that's the key, is expect the Holy Spirit to speak to us and learn to hear his voice. Uh, I think for a lot of us, we believe that it's like working a jigsaw puzzle, that I have to get the box out and I have to um, take the time to sit down and put all the pieces together. And it's not until I have completed the puzzle that it's like I've cracked some code and now I will hear the Holy Spirit um, speak to me. I want to change our understanding. If it is that, I want to get away from that and get into what I believe is the reality that the Holy Spirit is always speaking to us, just the same way that the radio station is always on. It's just whether I'm tuning in to the right frequency to hear what it's saying always. And so uh, that's where we're going today. And we are looking at a passage from Acts 16, 
verses 6 through 10. This is Paul and his companions trying to make some plans, trying to make some decisions on where to go next with the gospel. And so, Jeremy, if you would read that for us, I would appreciate it. Yeah. Acts 16, 6 through 10. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept from the Holy Spirit, preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Mycenae, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Mycenae and went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, Come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got up ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Thanks, Jeremy. What do you think about that passage? I think what I appreciate about this passage is just the lack of detail, um, especially when it talks about why the Spirit wouldn't let them enter. I think that when I try to discern, like, what does it mean to listen to the Holy Spirit? It's like, I want somebody to give me an answer. I want somebody to tell me this is exactly what it looks like. Mm -hmm. And the fact that it doesn't in this passage is almost comforting. We don't know why or like what Paul experienced that kept him from entering those places, whether it was just a feeling or I picture like an actual like force field. Like it does, like, (laughs) could it have been that? We don't know. Maybe so. Um, But I think the lack of detail allows me to enter the story into it a little bit and kind of know that the Spirit speaks in a lot of ways, but I don't have to know exactly how He does that Mm -hmm. from this passage for it to be beneficial. Yeah, you know, here in this very short passage, we see the Holy Spirit individually speaking to God's people, forbidding them from going somewhere, barring them from going somewhere. I have no idea what that looks like, to your point, and giving a vision. And even in giving the vision... Paul came to a conclusion. So he was in the process of trying to interpret what the Holy Spirit was doing. And for far too many of us and for far too much of my life have lived in this modernity that where we find ourselves, where everything has an answer and everything has a reason that's all man-centered. And so I think so many times the Holy Spirit is speaking And we don't call it that. Mm. So we need to learn how to listen. And we need to, maybe even before we need to learn how to listen, we just need to stop and ask ourselves the question, do we believe that the Holy Spirit still speaks to the people of God like he did then today? Because that's the doorway. Because if I don't believe that, then it's going to be really hard for me to hear his voice. But if I do believe that, then we can move into beginning to understand, okay, how do I hear his voice? How do I understand his voice? And uh, before we move into that question, I just want to read a small section from John 16, where Jesus is talking about sending the Holy Spirit to his people. And I think this is going to be helpful for us. He says, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth, who is going to be with you forever, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. And so if Jesus is telling his disciples this for all time and the Holy Spirit is going to be with his people forever, it doesn't make a lot of sense that he's going to go radio silent because that's not helpful. So let's move into this, uh, this question is of how does the Holy Spirit still speak today? 
Jeremy, what are what are some things that come to your mind of how the Spirit speaks to us today? Yeah, I think for me personally, the Lord is really used to speak to me through the Spirit in different ways in different seasons. Mm-hmm. I think when I think about how the Spirit has spoken to me in the past, it's one of those things that there were some seasons where He spoke to me through His Word and through prayer, and that was a really beautiful time of just hearing the Spirit speak through those those things. Other times He's used other people to speak to me directly, or He's used certain circumstances of just doors closing or doors opening. Those are just a few different ways, but I think what I— I really hold on to is that there's not one specific way that the Lord has spoken to me, or He, he hasn't used just one specific way. He's used right. all of these different ways in different seasons. And I'm really grateful that He knows what will get my attention right. in certain seasons right? and that I can just kind of rest. I don't have to necessarily go on this search for, oh man, please speak to me, please, you know, that the Lord knows what I need to hear and mm-hmm. how I need to hear it, and that he'll use those different messages and those different mediums to speak to me. Absolutely. I, I love that you listed circumstances, that he speaks through circumstances, because again, our cynical nature would say, well, man, why are we hyper-spiritualizing everything? But here's what we believe about God. We believe that God is sovereign. We believe that he is actively engaged in our lives for good, and that anything that comes into his intricate plan for my life he is allowing in. And so in a very real way, he is directing my circumstances. He is not the cause behind everything necessarily. I mean, we don't have time to get into all these questions, but whatever I'm experiencing, he is allowing and nothing can turn his hand. Nothing can keep his will from being done. And so in a very real way, he speaks through circumstances. The forbidding of Paul and his crew to go into these places that he was trying to go in our passage today very well may have been the roads were closed or the government was at the border and said, you can't come in. Right. And that is the Holy Spirit keeping Paul from sharing the gospel in those places. But I also want to talk about, you know, in our corner of the kingdom uh, as Presbyterians, we're very comfortable talking about how God speaks to his people through his word and even through our community. But Uh, The Lord also speaks to us through prayer and even visions and dreams. And that may not be something that everybody's experienced, but he still speaks to his people in in all of these ways. I can think of when I had first had the, the thought in my heart of becoming a pastor and leaving my career in law, I had not told anybody about that. And I was going over to a guy's house who was in seminary and at my very reformed uh, seminary and a friend of a friend had put us together and said, you guys need to meet each other. And so I, I go over to his house for dinner and he says, uh, hey, I, I don't know what you think about these these kind of things and what I'm about to tell you, but uh, have you ever thought about being a pastor? And I said, actually, yes, I've never told anybody that. And he <laughs> said, I was cleaning my house today, getting ready for you to come over. And the Holy Spirit just said, this guy who's coming over to your house tonight is a pastor. Wow. And then I think about, there have been many times where the Lord just speaks in those ways, and we know that His Word is what is infallible. His Word is what's always true, but He's also speaking through these other channels, and it's just this process and this journey that we're on of learning how to discern His voice. These other channels are not infallible, but that doesn't mean that He's speaking through these frequencies, uh, because 
He is. I'm even thinking about this morning in our time of prayer and fasting over Zoom. Uh, as we prayed together, one of our brothers was deeply encouraged because he felt like through a couple different people's prayers, the Holy Spirit was speaking directly to mm-hmm. him. And I don't doubt that he was because that's how God works. But Jeremy, I want to ask you to tell us more specifically about your journey. I know this has been a, a long journey where God's directed you across several forks in the road to get to this place of doing the executive director, pastor, and and residence program at Midtown. So would you just kind of walk us through some of the highlights of that journey? Yeah, absolutely. And I I think for me, it was such a journey where I felt like the Lord was speaking to me through the Spirit in, like you said, like many different ways and at many different points. And I think for me, you know, I've wrestled with the call to ministry for years, really since college, but really wasn't sure what that looked like and didn't necessarily feel called to be a preaching pastor or a teaching pastor, but had a love for the local church and a passion for ministry. And, you know, when the Midtown's Pastor and Residency Program applications came out back in early 2019, I was really excited about it. But I was also on the hamster wheel in my mind a lot and just wrestling with fear and with doubt. You did Um, love to ride that wheel. Yes. You and I had many conversations. (laughs) Hey, I've been on that wheel a lot too. I know what it feels like. Yes. And so thankfully the Spirit met me in some really, really meaningful and beautiful ways that I'll never forget. And one of those ways was in May, um, like a month before the applications were due, you and I were having a conversation and you were the one that really kind of exposed like just how much fear I was living in. And I'll never forget you kind of sharing that with me and just sharing how much you heard fear in my voice and how much that was kind of clouding my perspective. And so the next week, Mary and I go on vacation with her family down to the beach, and I'm walking with the girls one day and run into Randy Drawn, Hmm. who is the senior pastor of Midtown, and didn't know Randy really that well, but I ran into him and kind of brought up the pastor and residence application. And and he said to me, I'm not really doing anything other than sitting down here reading books. And so if you want to grab coffee one morning, I'd love to do that. I love that. And so he and I grabbed coffee and I don't remember everything that he said, but I just remember him just pouring gospel truth on my Mm. fear and on my doubt. And he walked away from that meeting going, you know, I think why don't you just go ahead and apply and just Mm. see what happens? And don't you trust that the Lord has you and that He loves you? And is that enough? And so that providential encounter was a beautiful uh, (laughs) moment. I was going to say, can we just pause there? How hilarious and amazing the way that God works, Mm. that the head pastor of the church that you've been a part of for six to seven years that you had not yet had many interactions with, you know, he's in another congregation. You don't meet him and have this conversation in Nashville. You meet him at Rosemary Beach and have a conversation. He is the one person you know that you recognize down there. And the Lord has ordained this time for you to both have the space to sit and just have this conversation that needed to happen. Yeah. What is it? It's too providential to be ironic. Um, That was one of those moments that I'll never forget. And then Mm. you would think that okay, after that moment, I'm good to go, right? I've gotten my answer. And yet, like, I find myself back on the hamster wheel and months of the interview process go by. And I'd really gotten to the point where I was almost at the end of myself. And I was just like, Lord, whatever comes from this next interview, I'll take that as 
that's what you want me to do. You know, mm-hmm. I was so up and down of trying to figure out, is this something the Lord wants me to do? Or is it something that I'm taking into my own hands? And so I had my interview with Joel Walker, who's the executive pastor of Midtown, and Hal Garrett, who's the executive director at Creve Hall. And Joel really kindly and quickly said to me, you know, I don't think we want to pursue you for the pastor in residence, mm-hmm. but what do you think about doing this executive director in residence? And kind of explain what that would look like. So I left that meeting, you know, kind of on a high, just like, man, Lord, you're so good. Thank you for that level of clarity. Well, and I just want to stop here too and help our people understand a couple of things. One is that role, that program has never existed. It's not a thing. There wasn't an XD in residence program when you walked into that conversation they were listening to what the Holy Spirit was doing, and that program was born because you walked in the door, and mm. this was the time that God wanted to do this. Yeah. So there's that. And then there's this other piece where I can say, I remember conversations that Jeremy and I had when we first got to town, and Jeremy literally articulated you know, some of what you already shared here that you didn't feel called, like, I, I'm not going to be a preaching pastor, I'm not a church planner, but I keep being drawn to this in residency program, and you even told me, um, I forgot how exactly you said it, but you thought, you know, yeah, I could really see myself being an XD and maybe even helping you with Congregation 5. Right. And so just the Lord was putting these desires in your heart and speaking to you through these different channels, and you did what He is calling all of us to do, which is to walk by faith when we don't understand. Like, yes, I'm hearing you speak, but you have not told me, nor do you usually tell me the whole story and yeah. the whole plan up front. Yeah. You're just asking me to take the ne- next step as I hear you speak yeah. through all these different channels. And that's what you did. And it was a, a beautiful process. Yeah. I think for me, what I'll never forget about that season is that it was a season marked more by God's faithfulness than my faithfulness and how he was constantly over and over and over again, inviting me into deeper intimacy and trust in Him, but in a really kind way. Every conversation that I had, every moment was never shaming. It was never the Spirit like telling me, Jeremy, like, don't you get it now? It was a kind and gentle reminder that I really needed to hear in those moments. That's so good. Well, um, thank you for sharing that. And also now I want to move into helping our people think about how do we hear the Holy Spirit speak to us? Let's get practical here. And I want to paint a picture for us that it's a process, just like it is in any relationship with any other person. You have to get to know that person. You have to spend time with that person to understand their ways in which they communicate and what they mean and how they speak. And, And it's the same thing with the Lord. And so we have to put ourselves uh, in these postures where we can learn to hear Him speak. And so certainly that includes reading His Word and spending time in His Word because the Word of God is where we learn to hear God's voice and what He says and how He speaks and who He is and His character. We hear Him through our brothers and sisters as they speak from their own personal experience of walking with God and the way that He speaks to them, and we start to hear patterns of how is God speaking, and we hear Him in worship. But where I want to hang out today uh, is a couple places that I think are probably more foreign to us, but absolutely essential to hearing 
the Holy Spirit speak to us. One is meditating on the Word of God, and the other is silence, just spending time in His presence in silence. And so first, you know, in Scripture, we uh, see God talking to us about meditation a lot, and the things that He calls us to meditate on are His Word, His wondrous works, His promises, and on who He is, His very character. And so it's just spending time in the Word, letting it slowly wash over you and just spending time in thought, just chewing over what you're hearing Him say to you through these words on the page. And I want to just put a plug out there. If anybody listening to this wants help in this process, just contact us because we would love to talk to you about that. But this other piece of silence, I think that's more foreign to us. I know it's foreign to me. It's a process that I still feel like a very junior varsity member of the team here and learning how to be silent in God's presence. But so much of our prayers are just our anxious hearts just vomiting and running mm-hmm. around and trying to clean ourselves up in God's presence. Mm-hmm. And we talk a whole lot and he doesn't talk very much at all. (laughs) So it's hard to discern somebody's voice when I'm the only one talking. But I would just want to read a couple verses from Scripture on this idea of silence in God's presence, and then, Jeremy, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. But uh, Psalm 37.7 says, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Psalm 62.5 says, For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from Him. And then uh, this last verse here, I shared in our, our midweek pastoral video this week, but Hebrews 4, 15 and 16, for we don't have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with us in our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We're not going to the throne of grace to just hear something old and to be reminded of some objective truth that's out there in a very impersonal, cold way. We are going to interact with a person who is Jesus Christ, the King of the universe, Mm -hmm. who we are united with, and He is speaking to us. He certainly is speaking His eternal truths to us and reminding us of the truth of the gospel, but he is doing it in new and fresh ways that are applying to our lives in that moment. That's just very important for us as he is building this church and we are learning how to come alongside him in that process. We've got to learn how to listen to his voice. You know, one of the things, and you were talking about approaching our time with the Lord and doing a lot of talking and and spending time in our anxious thoughts. I know that's been, you know, so much of my approach in the past of kind of viewing my time as the Lord of, okay, like, what do I need to do, right? I need to read scripture, I need to pray, and then I'm I'm on with my day, that kind of thing. But I think what the Lord is inviting us into in those Psalms that you read is just this practice of like being still. I think there is an absolute assault on our attention in this world. Nothing is going to invite us or push us to slow down and just to spend time with the Lord. No. Uh, everything is pulling us in the opposite direction. And so I was thinking about just our small group earlier this week, and one of the girls shared, like, I think the Lord is just inviting me to just sit and be with Him. And how foreign of a concept that sounds, and yet, like, that's exactly what we were created for. You know, we were created for 
union with God. So to just sit and to be in his presence is a beautiful invitation that the world is not going to push us towards in any way. And so I think it's important for us to really create space just to be and to listen. And I also think it's important to realize like that doesn't have to be two or three hours a day. A lot of people might not have that margin. And so to put that expectation on, okay, in order to listen to the Lord, I need to spend two hours with Him, I think is a false expectation that we put on ourselves. But what does it look like to create rhythms throughout your day where you're constantly being drawn back to what's most true and to just sit in silence with Him, invite Him into a conversation? Yeah, uh, I, I like what you said about it's not always going to be these big chunks of time because, again, think about our human relationships, even the closest relationships. If you're married with your spouse or your best friend, we don't have those chunks of time every day. And I think another important thing is is rhythms. Yes, absolutely, because that is so important for us because we need to get into rhythms of hearing God's voice and into postures of hearing God's mm-hmm. voice. But again, this is a dynamic living relationship. Yeah. And so it's another way that we roll off track. And again, all the different ways that we get off track, never fear, because all we have to do is go back to the Lord and say, help us. Mm. And He loves us and he, He's kind and He'll always bring us back. He's the one that does the transforming and the growth. But, you know, it's not a routine. It's not about finding a a magic routine where if I sit a certain way for a certain length of time and do these things in this order, that's how God speaks to me because that's not true either. There's just a lot of freedom in that. And so now, you know, we've, we've explored a little bit about how He speaks to us and how we are able to listen to Him Jeremy, as we were talking about this, something that you said to me I think is really important for our people to hear. You talked about as we learn to discern the Lord's voice, to know what it doesn't sound like. I think you said something that will be gold for our people, that uh, when you hear a shaming and a condemning voice, that's not the voice of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I think that's kind of part of learning to listen what the Holy Spirit sounds like is reminding ourselves that the Holy Spirit convicts but it never condemns. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times when I'm in my head and I'm trying to discern, is that the Holy Spirit or is that just my flesh and just the negative voices that are inside my head? Does it sound condemning? Does it sound shaming? If that's the case, it's probably not the Holy Spirit. <laughs> it's definitely not the Holy Spirit. <laughs> definitely not the Holy Spirit. Um, but see how, I mean, how easy it is to slide into even saying that. Right. And, uh, because we're just so used to living in a whirlwind of shame. Yeah. And the reality of the gospel is all of our shame, all of our condemnation has been taken by Jesus to the cross and dealt with forever. And so, yes, he convicts, but it's as a loving father where our relationship is never in question, never the possibility of diminishment or separation from him. And so we never have to fear coming to him with all of ourselves and what he might say to us. It's come boldly before the throne of grace because he has finished the work that's necessary for us to be fully accepted by him, fully loved by him. And any conviction that he brings, any discipline that he brings is as a loving father that's leading us to freedom. Yeah, It's just so, 
So beautiful. Yeah. One of my favorite quotes is that the only person who dare wake up a king at three o'clock in the morning is a son or a daughter. Mm. And that's the kind of relationship that we have with the Lord. You know, I can tend to think of listening to the Holy Spirit as like, it's always serious or it's always very like straightforward and very marching orders, s- marching orders or very like solemn and holy. But the more I've learned how to discern the Holy Spirit's voice, like there's a playfulness to it at times, yeah, which is a very beautiful thing. Like to think that like our Father is a God who really, really loves us, and so sometimes the Spirit will speak to us, and it's not strict; it's playful, it's light. Um, it's not about effectiveness and efficiency, right? <laughs> about right. getting us to accomplish yes. tasks as effectively as possible. It is a a delighting relationship between a father and his little children. Yeah. One other practical application from this, what we're talking about today before we go, is this idea of being open to the Holy Spirit changing our path. That this is, again, a dynamic living relationship between us and the Lord. And so both as individuals and collectively as his church, he is telling us in this passage, look, you may think you're going here, but I have other plans, and everything may have been lined up in this direction, but I'm actually going to lead you over here on my timetable and giving you uh, whatever information I feel like giving you at this point, but you just got to trust that it's good. Yeah, man, that's so good. I think, Matt, I'd love for you to kind of share what does that look like just as our journey as Congregation 5 over the past six months? Well, just picking up where God made it very clear that he was calling us to plant a church through Midtown Uh, We spent a lot of time here without knowing where, having any ideas of where that plant was going to be. And then for a long time, we thought it was going to be in the opposite direction. We thought it was going to be in Wedgwood, Houston. And so we were thinking that and and moving that direction for a while. And then as God made it clear who he wanted to be a part of that core team uh, last fall, we looked and in addition to many other ways in which he was leading us westward, that team was made up of people from the nations and from Hillsborough West End. And we said, okay, Lord, we're listening. And so even as we've been thinking about the West, there've been times where we've been drawn more to the Hillsborough Village area. And then now we're in a place where we feel like the Lord has drawn us more towards Charlotte Avenue. And so we still don't know for sure. Even this week, we had a an amazing possible opportunity open up for a worship location. And it was not in a place that we expected to look, but we feel like the Lord is calling us to consider it. And it looks like there's going to be a lot of hurdles for that to work out. And so either way, we just trust, like Paul trusted here, that uh, you are opening and closing doors for your glory and for our good. That's where we'll leave it today. Jeremy, uh, thank you so much for coming, man. Yeah, thanks, Matt. It's a joy to do this with you and with other people of Congregation 5. Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to pray for us. Father, we believe that you speak to us today through so many different channels because we are your children and you love us and you do not leave us as orphans. Lord, lead us more and more to expecting to hear from you in all the different ways that you speak to us so that we could be strengthened by you, encouraged by you, led by you, loved by you, and matured by you, Lord, and do this for your glory and our good. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.